All right, we are good. Shazik Sonoda, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I appreciate this. This one's uh, a different one for me. I've been I've been trying to do some different things and shine lights in different areas in the world of swimming lately. Uh, but this one is is even more different, and I appreciate you doing this and opening up. You are the the founder of a nonprofit called No More Under, and so I kind of want to dig into that. You're also the uh, director of a film called Drowning in Silence, and this is pretty much what this this podcast is going to be talking about today. Is is this epidemic of um, childhood drowning? And um, and you have some firsthand experience that we're going to dive into. So I appreciate you doing this. Yeah, again, I appreciate you for having me. I think um, just having access to all of the amazing swimmers and competitive um, world is is new for me. You know, I find that I'm mostly talking a lot to parents um, of young of young children and also teenagers, but mm-hmm. having this. Um, audience that you have, which congratulations, you have such a massive following. Um, it's huge um, because it's something that we don't think is going to happen to us, you know, yeah. and that I think everyone should, you know, be aware of, have awareness about. And because you all are um, such big proponents of swimming, um, helping others to understand that and also, you know, being incredibly safe around the water. Yeah, so much to talk about. And I'm so glad that I do have a platform now that can help in, in this way. You know, it's it's cool to talk about Olympians and their life stories, but um, there's something special about this. And, and I'm, I'm glad we can really shine a light here because it's such a, an issue growing up in Australia, massive issue. Obviously, in America, we have our own um, things to deal with here, uh, challenges, social challenges as well. So um, I, I know you're going to shine a light on that stuff as well. So just in terms of a little bit about your background, um, you know, there's so much to talk about, obviously, but uh, just kind of where do you start when you talk to people? Let's see. Um, I start with, I've ha- I feel like I've had four lives mm-hmm. <laughs> like yep. that, right off the bat. Um, so I come from a background of production. Mm-hmm. Um, I was um, at like MTV News and VH1 and kind of did the whole New York television thing. Um, yep. And took a moment in advertising and then started having babies. And I love children and love having babies for whatever reason and um, (laughs) because they're joy. Um, So I had four boys in about five and a half years. Wow. Um, And so lots of juggling, um, but really loving life. You know, things were really well. Um, Super safe mom, I would say. And um, ultimately one of my children, my third son, um, drowned in my friend's backyard pool um, when he was three years old. And so wow. as you can imagine that was then just, uh, again, the beginning of another life. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know where to start with that because there's, there's so much pain associated with that, first of all. And I know you've talked about this many times so and and made a film about it. And so I'm sure the pain has eased slightly and and now you could probably see it as a, as a teaching moment, but I'm sure there's a lot of crap that comes along with that, right? Of like you, you lose a son in that way. There is, is, I'm sure there's some sort of like deep pain, obviously that there, there might be some humiliation involved and like, and just, just, you know, you've got the outs, you've got the inside of like your family that you've got to deal with. And then you've got the outside crap as well. And it's like, I couldn't imagine that type of pain. Right. 
Yeah, well, I think the interesting thing, and I don't know if it's interesting, but like, you know, obviously afterwards I did all of this research and mm -hmm. I know all of these things now that I didn't know going in. Obviously I knew I needed to be safe around the water. My children were in swim lessons. Um, and unfortunately, Yori, which is my, my child that passed away, he was, didn't want to get in. He was screaming, didn't want to do lessons. And we were actually kind of getting him more comfortable in the water um, before his lesson started. So we had been going to one teacher, we were going to go to another. Um, but, you know, just kind of stepping back, it is, it's 100% preventable, right? It's, mm -hmm. Um, there's so many ways that people pass away, but there is so much guilt um, now knowing all the things that I know and all of the ways that I could have prevented this from happening. Um, it's, I think that is, you know, part of what's driven me to do um, what I've been doing and, and starting a nonprofit and also, you know, sharing my film, making and sharing the film is, um, you know, this doesn't have to happen. You know, it doesn't mm -hmm. have happen to anyone. And the crazy thing is that, you know, again, we talk about this being the number one reason children one to four die, the number two reason teens die. You kind of assume that these, all of these children don't know how to swim. And again, in my studies and research and, and touring and meeting other families and people that have lost children this way, like, you know, there are uh, swimmers, proficient swimmers, mm -hmm. team folks, mm -hmm. Uh, you know, just get in precarious situations. Yeah, the, the, I saw a situation at the World Championships yesterday where um, where a swimmer blacked out and and fell to the bottom. Did you watch this? And it fell to the bottom of the pool. The coach had to dive in and pull them off the bottom. I didn't see all the details, but it, I mean, it can happen. Like accidents, accidents are accidents. So I'm sure there's part of this where you know that it, no matter what, you can't prevent every accident from happening, right? But but there's certainly a situation where you where you may say, well, I want to at least equip them to be able to um, competently deal with a situation if it arises, right? I, I would imagine. Um, I also did tell you kind of a story previously before this podcast when we met that that I had an experience with this, you know, like a, a real life experience here. So, you know, I was part of a, a, a team of athletes in Melbourne, Australia, training for the 2004 Olympics. And we had five people on our team, uh, just our club team, qualify for the Olympics. And our coach got selected to be an Australian swimming team coach for the Olympic team. So we have a party at his house and he has a backyard pool. And we're all celebrating inside the house. Next minute, we see him open the glass door, dive into the pool, fully clothed. And this is five Olympians celebrating going to the Olympic Games at his house. He dives into the pool pulls his son up off the bottom of the pool, who is three years old, the same the same age as, as Yuri. And, and you know, it was a situation where it was like, how did this just happen? You know, it was like a blink of an eye. Now, thankfully, his son uh, had only just gone down and he spotted it really quickly, but th that's how quickly it can happen. There's no noise. It's silent. You, you know, it happens in a split second and, and, a tragedy happens like that. And so I, I'd imagine there's many, many stories like that. Yes, for sure. And it's, again, um, you would just assume that being a swimmer or, you know, that you are not, you're immune to that, you know? Mm. So it's it's been really interesting learning all of the different ways. And, you know, a child can drown in a bucket of water. I actually mm. met 
one on the plane who found his six month old in the toilet, you mm. know, um, face first. And so it, it has just, again, the stories come to me because I'm out there speaking about it. Um, and I just am hoping to spread awareness you know, to families, to just teenagers, um, honestly, everyone, because at least here, you know, where I live, boating accidents are huge, where people are just on the boat drinking and, you know, again, and it's an accident. So I just think mm -hmm. the more that we talk about it and the more that we acknowledge that it's something that doesn't matter, you know, your socioeconomic status, your race, your, you know, gender. Granted, there are statistics, obviously, mm -hmm. you know, that some people do drown more um, or do get in trouble more. But in right. general, this is something that isn't every person problem. Well, I guess there's got to be some positive that has come out of this tragedy. And I guess that the positives here would be that you started a nonprofit and then you also made a film about this. And so the, the film is Drowning in Silence. And the nonprofit is no more under. Which one came first, the, the nonprofit or the film? Well, it's one of those things. Um, it, they both kind of sprouted at the exact same time. I, mm. um, It was about a year. I was coming up on a year after Yuri had passed away and really felt the need to do something. I, it came up and I'm like, I haven't done anything mm. to honor him. I haven't done anything to continue his legacy. Um, and I think when I initially started... Um, kind of, again, simultaneously, I, I bet you, if you looked at, you know, the business, wherever I, you know, incorporated or whatever I did there literally in the same month, because I was under the impression that I would do things with a nonprofit and film them. I kind mm. of thought that's what the film would be more of a, Hey, I'm out here talking to pediatricians. I'm out here talking to, you know, first responders and swimmers, mm. etc. Um, and then the film at some point just shifted incredibly. And also COVID happened. Mm. And so it was really challenging to get the nonprofit where I wanted it to be. So luckily, if you're, you know, filming with a very small crew and I ended up meeting with other families around the country who have been in similar situations, you know, and there's also a statistic that for every one child that drowns, eight sustain, you know, um, injuries that take mm -hmm. them to the emergency room and and often you know last their lives and so i also met with a family you know um that has a child who is you know really trying to still recover from his drowning you know four years ago mm -hmm. so um the film took a different turn and it's definitely more personal vulnerable and really walks you through not only the grief that you face and that these families are dealing with um but also some of the guilt um and then lastly and i think more importantly turning the pain into purpose like you know you just said that like what good has come from this and it really is debilitating losing mm. a child um and you have a choice of yeah do with that and, and how you use that yeah i mean i got i've got four kids of my own and there's been obviously instances where you're like whoo close call there you know what i mean and, and like just walking across the street and almost being hit by a car and you think to yourself wow like what a bad parent i would have been to let that happen but like th these things just a part of everyday life you know and they're, they're so hard to avoid these things at times but um in terms of the the beauty that has come out of the the film itself is, is it hard for you to watch 
Yuri, I guess, I guess in a, in a way he, he's in this film and, and there's aspects of it where you have to watch it over and over again. How has that been for you to see that? Um, so yeah, I've definitely, I've watched the film over a hundred times at this point mm -hmm. and, um, and we've been screening across the country. So not really answering your question in this moment, but it's been beautiful being able to travel across the country and meet with, you know, right. water advocates and people that right. care about this, mm -hmm. um, across, like I said, the country and really try and make connections mm -hmm. um, in this fight. And uh, we call ourselves water warriors. So, you know, really just connecting with those folks. But I will see when I see Yori in particular, I smile. Mm -hmm. Like it's the best part of the film for me is seeing mm -hmm. my beautiful child with beautiful smile, beautiful hair and amazing energy. Um, I smile every time. Um, but I think seeing moments where I'm in pain, um, mm. definitely I'm a mover and a shaker, if that's what mm -hmm. I should say. But I move so quickly often that I don't allow myself to feel the pain. I think mm. that's how I've gotten through. And so it's those moments when I see myself on screen being sad, like, mm. oh my gosh, like, of course I'm sad, but. Um, I don't think that I've allowed myself the opportunity to look in the mirror and say WTF, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the film has given me that opportunity to say, yes, that's hard. Like, oh my gosh, you got through this. Like you are taking steps every single day, which should be a pat on the back alone, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we lose any people, because we know people have a short attention span, I want to I let them know where they can find the film, first of all. Okay, so right now the film, it's a little bit tricky. So uh, literally my call right before your call was talking with the distributor. So we're hopeful that the film is going to be out this fall. Mm -hmm. um, but in the meantime, you can go to the website and it's called drowninginsilence.com. Okay. And not only will we update you when the film is on iTunes and Amazon, et cetera, um, but there's also great, I, I assume maybe that your folks won't need it, but there is a database that you can type in a zip code um, and get swimming lessons around the country. So we've been able to do that because there is a bit of a call to action. When you finish watching this, you want to do something. And, you know, one thing you can do is make sure that all of your people and all of your loved ones have swim lessons and just, you know, understand how important watching the water, something as simple as, you know, dedicating one person as your water watcher, because that's exactly, you know, when you look at your coach and what happened mm -hmm. you know, at that party, right. you know, oftentimes we think everyone else is watching the water and right. you're right. kind of talking and you're watching. But I always like to say the moment it's, it, it takes for you to answer, to look at a text message and answer a text message, someone mm -hmm. around. Right. You right those eyes on the water but yes dragonsilence.com and then no more under.org is our nonprofit and really what we're doing there is providing access um, again I don't like to use too many statistics but uh, four black and brown children are four to five times more likely to drown than their white counterparts and um, we just want to make sure that we remove as many barriers as we can. Some of them are cultural, some of them are financial, some of them are generational. Um, mm. 
So we are just trying to get as many kids into the water as possible. If I had one wish, um, it would be that swim lessons are offered in schools. You know, I think, is that in Australia? Do they offer swim lessons in schools? I think so. Like, I, I can't remember exactly, but I really do. I think, like, everybody just learned how to swim back then. Like, we, I, I remember just, like, going in, like, you know, as a group and just kind of learning. Yeah, I think it is for sure. Yeah. And so here in the States, you know, there are some places, like some pockets that do mm. that, but obviously it's pricey and there's, mm -hmm. you know, there's lots of barriers there. But oh my gosh, can you imagine if every child had the opportunity to learn how to swim and survive? Um, and then again, you have your elites that go on and move, you know, move on to doing, you know, competitive swim, but that at least everyone, you know, if they fell in a lake, mm -hmm. they know how to survive. Right. How many kids in America per year drowned? Oh, I know the larger number that is about 3,500 um, drown overall wow. um, a year. And again, the, the trick is that it's completely preventable. Right. You know? right. Um, so yeah, yeah we're, we're just doing our best over here to um, make sure that everyone knows what's, what's going on, you know, because it's, it's not brain surgery. We don't need to find a cure. We just need the word to get out. Right. Well, listen, I'm, I'm sure there's somebody listening to this right now who's thinking to themselves like, yeah, my, my kids probably aren't ready uh, to, to be on their own in the pool right now. You know, like we've got to get, you got to get them lessons. And so there's certainly someone that's listening to this and we're going to make an impact here just on one person by, by them taking some action here and doing something about it. Um, there are nonprofits like yours, No More Under, where you can contact and, and get help. Like if you need whatever assistance you need from your organization, reach out to No More Under, get the help that you need, whether it be financial or, or anything, you know? So um, please do that. It's, it's just such a huge deal, huge important um, topic that we're dealing with here, especially as swimmers, you know, like that's ultimately what we're trying to do. Well, and the other thing that I do want to appeal to your swimmers, um, and I'm not sure I'd love for you to tell me, but you know, we have a lifeguard shortage here in the mm -hmm. United States. And um, I know in Australia, I always point to Australia, never been there, but I know that, or at least I believe that lifeguards there, it's it's a reputable career to be a mm -hmm. lifeguard. And I think, you know, here, I don't know if it's not as cool as it used to be. I feel like when I was growing up, it was kind of cool to sit on the beach and be a lifeguard. Um, but a lot of places are, you know, going unprotected, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's the beach or the pool. And so I do want to appeal to, you know, this, I don't know, this community that does have some swimming skills um, and enjoys water um, to, I don't know, when you're not training, yeah. Yeah. Hard, I don't know, is that, is that good? Or if you're, if you're training competitively, it's hard to like. Yeah. I mean, look, I think it's a great, it's a great, you know, first career for someone young who's, who's in swimming, who's growing in swimming, you know, just maybe um, senior in high school or, or early in college type person, someone that's responsible, somebody that can, can learn all the, um, you know, safety techniques, you know, CPR and things like that, and, and can, and wants to 
give back to their sport as well. There's there's thousands of swimmers out there. So yeah, you're right. Like protect protect the water that you're that you're in that you're spending the time in. Uh, it's so vital. Um, so I think there's that as well. So well, that, that's uh, that's incredible that the, the film is up and going and it's in it's in places being viewed right now, which is cool. What's kind of been the feedback? Has has it been surprising where people have come up to you and be like, "Wow, this is we really needed this," you know? Yeah, I think the majority of people are just surprised that all of the statistics that we cover, all of the you know um, surprising facts, um, mm. and also just the fact that the way we've kind of treated water up until this point, you know, there's a woman who um, is in the film, um, Joanne Barnett. She used to run um, ISR, which is Infant Swim Resource. And she just kind of, it, it's shocking sometimes that you're like, hey, you know, as parents, we want to throw our kids in the pool and kind of say, hey, jump to mommy. Um, and then so your kid thinks that they should be jumping in the pool when they're not necessarily strong swimmers, you know? And again, we put our children in puddle jumpers and and our kids, I, I was actually just in Miami last week and it was a little bit, it's always a little bit uncomfortable for me still being in a pool, um, especially there was no lifeguard there. I was at a hotel pool, no lifeguard. And there's a kid with his puddle jumper, you know, kind of swimming, you know, like a doggy paddle. and then a child thinks that they can swim with or without a puddle jumper. So, you know, these are some of the things that we make you think about in the film that just give you a different perspective. So, I mean, that is definitely my hope that when people walk away, they have a different perspective about water. It's a beautiful thing. Swimming mm -hmm. is a beautiful sport. Um, and it's something that lasts you your whole life. You can swim, you know, um, it's easy on your on your joints and your mm. you know body, but we also just have to be um, take precautions and and be aware of the dangers just as much. Yeah, you're right. I mean, talk about a skill that's so transferable. You know, you can swim anywhere once you know how to swim. You're you're safe in the ocean. You're safe in lakes. You're like pools, like kind of just anywhere. And there's water all around us. There's water everywhere. It's just one of those things where I where I walk into any body of water and i feel extremely comfortable yeah. and i've met um adults who actually had a drowning experience like you say not not everybody drowns they they actually survive there's some survivors and but they they're scarred for life and so I, I, one of my first jobs was teaching adults to get comfortable back in the water again who'd had a previous kind of drowning experience as a younger kid and they were just in complete panic in water that you could stand up in basically to your knees you know, they, they would just freak out completely because of this trauma that they had. And yet uh, after, you know, three or four weeks of really working with them, the the progress they make and that just to see them comfortable in the water again is such an incredible feeling for me as a coach. And so there's that aspect of it too, of people who've had these experiences. And and if you're a swimmer out there, you can, you can go back and teach adults. You know, that could be some way that you could give back as well. That can be many different ways, but I, I agree the skill of just feeling comfortable in the water. And, and for me as a parent, knowing that I could walk away from my kids in a pool at, at a certain period of their life, whether that was seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old, whatever it was, knowing that, okay, they know how to swim. They know how to get to the other side. Now that doesn't take away the, the accidents that can happen in pools. You know, there's many things, that, but just knowing you can turn your back and, and they're okay 
is such a, a powerful feeling for parents too. Yeah, no, I agree. And I just, I do appreciate um, the fact that you did give back. You know, I think that swimming, it's hard to say that swimming is a privilege, but it's like, it's, it's amazing that you can walk into any body of water and feel comfortable. Like, not only is that a privilege, that's just something that you take for granted, you know, because mm -hmm. you feel so comfortable around the water. And there's so many, like I said, I mean, I did the YMCA program growing up. And so I've generally felt comfortable in water and it is for me, I'm just anxious around it now. And I'm anxious with anytime I'm in a pool with children in general, mm -hmm. I just want to make sure that someone is watching or, you know, quite mm -hmm. a few of my friends have um, homes with lakes. Mm -hmm. um, very similarly, hey, we're barbecuing, et cetera. And I am the one that cannot take my eyes off um, of the water. But I do appreciate um, the give back and, and just understanding that um, it's just not something that everyone has the joy of experiencing because it is yeah. joyful. Yeah. One of the big pushes in Australia, I remember, were, was kind of getting people to fence their pools in as well. That was a big push that that contributed a lot to the drown the, the less drowning statistics. You know, by just fencing the pool in is a is a big help. Well, that's the whole thing, Brett. It's um it's so challenging with swimming because there's so many things that can happen in so yeah. many different ways. I've talked to parents who thought their child was napping and their child got out mm -hmm. through the door and is in the mm -hmm. pool whether it's pool fences, life, life jackets, you know, swimming mm -hmm. in a lifeguarded area. And it's like, it's frustrating because you have things like um, car safety where, you know, hey, click it or ticket, you know, you put your seatbelt on. It's something that we're mm -hmm. trying to do and it's yeah. automatic. But with swimming, I think because it's such a fun thing and because there's so much socializing around it, we don't always focus our attention where it needs to focus. And you know, not to be promoting everyone else's websites, but I really encourage you all um, to go to Drennan's Dreams. So it's Drennan um, and then with an S and then dreams.org. You know, Drennan was I'm a teenager who was on the swim team mm. and literally a lifeguard was right there and did not see him. And so that's another thing that I tell parents, you know, and people in general is that a lifeguard is your second line of defense, mm -hmm. you know. Like our eyes are the ones that can can see this and prevent you know this from happening. So yeah, we we expect we fully expect there to be uh, screams and shouts and 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 you know slapping and and you know water and it's just not the way it goes. It's silent. It's, it's a silent killer. Yeah, and that's that. That was the thing for me when you know we were just in a backyard pool and we had a bunch of kids. I think there were seven kids there, and it felt. A little too quiet you know mm. and that was for me i'm like where's yori mm. he was always the loudest and he was you know just had a big personality where's yori you know and so it is frustrating even you know the depiction that we see in the in the movies that it is loud and people yeah. anything it's yeah you you can't get anything out because there's water in your airways you know right right and and kids tend to kind of almost uh relax too of like oh if someone's gonna save me or i'll get out of it i don't know this this weird thing but um i don't know Let, let's let's spend a lot of time in getting kids lessons and getting them learn to swim and getting them up to speed with uh being able to manage themselves in the water so uh certainly go out and and watch the film when it comes out we'll we'll link all this up too by the way shazik 
so people can have this. We'll link up your your nonprofit as well. People can reach out to the, there as well. But uh, I appreciate you spending time and and talking about Yori today. Um, you know, uh, it, it's going to make an impact on somebody out there for sure. I appreciate it so much, Brent. And again, I just appreciate the the time um, to sit and talk to me because I know you all are all amazing competitive swimmers. And so again, it's it feels like something that you know cannot happen, um, but it does. And I think. The, the only thing that I ask is that we just talk about it. Like, yeah. you know, let's just be open about it and um, just know that it is a possibility um, and to have more awareness. So again, I appreciate your platform to to discuss and yeah. add some light. Absolutely. And a support group, if it does happen, you might be, look, we, we never want it to happen, right? We want zero drownings, but the reality is tragedies do happen. So we want a support group of people too, where they don't feel isolated and, and have to go through what you felt, you know, to an extent, of course, they're going to feel that, but um, you know, I'm sure that your, your nonprofit provides support for those people too. So um, thanks for doing this and thanks for sharing. We'll, we'll link it all up and um, good luck with the, with the fight and the cause. Okay. Thank you so much, Brett. Thanks, Shazik. Bye. Swim Angelfish. Swim Angelfish is an online certification program that strengthens your teaching curriculum to serve swimmers of all abilities. Swim Angelfish will prepare you and your instructors with the skills to teach swimmers with autism, physical disabilities, anxiety, sensory and motor conditions, and more. Learn to teach skills faster and with more comfort with Swim Angelfish. Apply for an only alpha pool product scholarship and receive up to 50% off your certification. Go to swimangelfish.com today to apply.